Hello everyone and welcome to the Grumpy Surfer podcast. I'm your host Ads Lyson. Today I have some awesome news. The Grumpy Surfer podcast is now working with Northcore. To receive 10% off any of the Northcore products, use the code capital letters Grumpy Surfer 10. On the podcast today, I have one of New Zealand's best surfers. He's also the host of the Raglan Surf Report, which you can catch on YouTube and Instagram. Please enjoy my conversation with Kiwi Goofy Futter and surf comic Luke Siederman. Luke Siederman, welcome to the Grumpy Surfer podcast. How you doing, mate? Um, uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm pretty good, I guess. So the first question I'm going to throw to you is, where are you right now? Uh, what have you been doing today and have you surfed today? Um, oh, geez, where am I? I am in a, the corner of the bedroom um, at my girlfriend's house uh, in Auckland, which is which is um, nowhere near Raglan. And um, I today, I, I had a down day because I, I played basketball yesterday for about two hours and um, I didn't realize, but that two hours, that took such a physical toll on me that it just completely ruined my day today. Um, so I've been having a bit of a rest day today, um, which is kind of good because I needed one uh, mentally and, and obviously physically. Uh, and so I haven't been surfing today. I've, I've basically just been chipping away at admin. And when I say admin, I mean just watching YouTube videos. <laughs> Fair one. It's what we all like to do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and also call it admin. You've had a right uh, run as well recently, haven't you? It's been absolutely pumping from some of the videos you've been putting up. Yeah, well, not to, not to gloat or anything, but yeah, it's been really good. And uh, I think it was last Thursday was was probably one of the better days that I've surfed in, in Raglan. And uh, I've been telling as many people as I can about this because I know the people that were out there at the time and just anyone who wasn't there, I'm making sure that they know because it was it was a it was a pretty spectacular day we've had absolutely nothing here for weeks well i haven't surfed in probably about a good two months it's just absolutely sucks and bearing in mind this is the beginning of the uh the winter here as well when this, when the decent swell comes through it's just been northerlies and onshore and it's just like oh man come on give me a break yeah well that's right you've been yeah coming out of summer now isn't it so yeah, where, where, whereabouts do you surf over there? Um, so I, I, I live in the southwest of England, so um, the Devon and Cornwall area. Um, so we've got, there's a few spots that I normally surf. So we've got like Croyd Bay. Um, you've obviously heard of Newquay, right? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of Newquay. Yeah, so Newquay's probably about an hour south of, uh, of, of where I normally go. But I'm quite lucky where I live because I've got, uh, I can surf on the north coast, which is, you know, faces west to the Atlantic. And then I can surf on the south coast, which faces into sort of like the English Channel, um, but gets the swell that comes up from um, from the southwest swells that come from the Atlantic as well. So it's, it's pretty cool. But yeah, it's it's still pretty shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it's consistent. Like, I mean, obviously, apart from the last, you know, two months or whatever, but apart from that, you you get regular swell. Yeah, it is, but because because of the location where the UK is, and it's obviously an island like you guys, um, but we don't have the luxury of having like those high pressures to give us those offshore winds. So you know, when when we do get those um, when we do get those good days, um, it, it can be far and few between. To be honest with you, I mean, last year I think was a really good year for uh, for waves, um, but this year it's just. I, it's just ticking that box with coronavirus to be honest with you the whole year's just fucking sucked <laughs> oh just another downer geez i'll tell you what i actually lucked into a really bloody good day over there once all right um it was at the spot uh it's, it's like a left-hand reef okay and it's all um oh shit i can't remember it was like near butte or somewhere like that uh, uh malik or uh was it limmouth Oh, I can't remember, but it was this awesome left-hand reef. Okay. It was, um, yeah, I mean that's all I have to say, really. It was like a, it was the English raglan. Oh, yeah. So wherever yeah, that is, I don't know if you've got heaps of English raglans over there, but this one was definitely there was the pommy raglan for sure. Yeah, there's a few little reef breaks and stuff knocking about, but it's one of those ones where you just kind of have to keep them a little bit secret, if you know what I mean. So. 
Well, it, it definitely wasn't that secret because I stumbled into it on my first day and having absolutely no idea where I was. Oh, really? Well, that yeah. must have just been look of the draw, right? Oh, I think it, I think it absolutely was. Yeah, I was pretty lucky that day. Mate, what I'd like to do is just talk a little bit about you know how you got into surfing, you know where you grew up, and um, and how you got into it really. Yeah. Um, geez, I don't know. Well, how I got it, I first got into surfing because at uh, at school we had like um or uh, what's known as waka, which is the Maori Maori name for boat. And we'd have, which was essentially a canoe. So um, at school sports, we would go out in canoes and we'd do like canoe racing and stuff like that. And um, and I was like just a scrawny little kid and I was a little bit of a pussy and I used to get quite cold out in the water. So um, I, I begged my parents for a wetsuit and, uh, and anyway, they bought me a wetsuit. And then I thought, well, shit, okay, I can go out into other, other you know, I can go out into the water now and not get cold. And then my friend had a surfboard and was just like, hey, you've got a wetsuit now, so you can come out into the water and not be cold. Come surfing. And then that was pretty much it. And then um, also, obviously, like growing up in a place like Raglan, which is like the epicenter of surfing in New Zealand, it's kind of, you know, it's everyone has a go at some point. And for some people, it sticks. And then some people, they just, you know, go off and do other stuff like smoke meth and drive fast cars. <laughs> I, I grew up in the Midlands, so, you know, I, I kind of had to... I had to make it my thing like you know because uh, we had like the mainstream sports probably like you guys do you know where you've got you you've got your rugby basketball football you know all, all those basic sports and stuff so I kind of like took my own little my own little trail and uh, decided that I like Kelly Slater that was pretty much it added my pencil case <laughs> yeah. and, and then the front of my school books and stuff and, and that was it and then as soon as I could drive boom I was I was down the coast whenever I could um yeah, I didn't have like a local break. I wasn't lucky enough like to living in somewhere like Raglan and then growing up there must have been pretty cool, right? Oh, it, it, yeah, it's definitely cool. It's a little bit sport and it makes you extremely picky. Like, I mean, uh, it sounds like you were much more of a dedicated surfer where you have to kind of seek out your swells and, and you know, put in a, a hell of a lot more effort to actually go surfing. Whereas for someone who grows up in a place like Raglan, it's just, it's there all the time and it's so consistent and the waves are so good and the waves are so long that you, it's just, you're spoilt really. Did uh, did any of your family surf at the time when you were growing up, did they or? Nah, 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 none of my family surfed. It's just, um, it's more of like a community thing. So okay. like your friends and like my, my friend's dad's, they all surfed, so it's just, you know, you just throw your boards in the car and jump in with your mates and, um, you know, one of their dads, you know, take us surfing. So it's, um, I mean, my family weren't really into it, but, you know, my friends' families and stuff like that were into it. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big surfing community and everyone kind of looks out for each other and looks out for the kids. Oh, nice. When did you, um, when did you start getting into competing? Was it something that you, that you thought about when you first started or... You know, was it just kind of like, ah, oh, you know, my mates are going into some competitions. I'm going to jump in and see how I go. Um, well, that's that comes along with the whole community side of it in, in Raglan because they had such a strong, or well, they still do, a strong um, board riders club. So it was just kind of a natural progression. You um, you get to a point where you can kind of go along a wave a bit and go and enter the local board riders comp, and then it just kind of goes from there. Was there a point where you kind of started competing? You were like, do you know what? I could actually make a go of this. Um, was was there a point where you did that, or did it just sort of like, like you're saying, it was part of the community, and you just kind of went, well, I'll see where it goes. Um, no, I've always hated competitions. Well, I used to hate competitions because I was so terrible in them. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, I wasn't scared of them. I'd go in them. I just didn't do any well. Um, but I just, I just keep giving it a crack because that was just kind of what everyone else did. So I just kind of followed along and went in contest and, and, you know, just kept losing and losing and losing and losing and losing and losing and losing. And then eventually won one like a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I got there in the end. Yeah, I've, I've tried to jump into a couple of competitions and I just, I, I think my personality doesn't sit with it. I just get out there and, you know, when you get that time, you get 20 or 30 minutes just to sit there and you're like, right, yeah, I need to catch a wave at some point. And then you don't get anything like fuck this is just <laughs> oh yeah yeah well that's the thing that's what i couldn't handle is that you've got this um 
you know this time frame where you have to perform the best you possibly can within 20 minutes or half an hour and i couldn't handle that i just wanted to get like a good wave and i just wanted to to surf however i wanted to surf and most of the time when i surf i fall off because i want to try stuff but then in, in competitions like most of the time especially growing up when competitive surfing wasn't very risky guys would just be getting the longest wave and just doing the most god awful shit boring surfing and um i just i didn't find it really very appealing at all what sort of jobs did you do to, to you know to keep that that surfing that surfing bug going because you know you, you talk to some people have two directions don't they one you know they get to a certain age where i don't know they pass out of high school they go to university or whatever and then they go do you know what I've actually got to grow up here and I've got to go and get a job. Well, the other ones go, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to, you know, earn a little bit of money, do a bit of traveling and, you know, so I can continue, you know, what I enjoy doing. Did Which direction did you go? Uh, I kind of sort of did both a little bit. I was on, on the fence with everything. Like I tried to study and, um, and I got a couple of years deep into study and then I thought, hey, I, I want to try and be a pro surfer. So then I, I tried doing that and that was... I mean, I wasn't extremely successful, but I managed to chip away and like make a little bit of money and just, um, oh, but it was just hard being from New Zealand and, and that was before the days of the internet. So no one outside of New Zealand would ever see you surfing unless you actually traveled around and did all that sort of stuff. And so I could never really crack it like that. It was always a bit of an uphill battle. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I gave it a shot sort of. Yeah. No, I was a bit of a pussy actually. I didn't really try that hard. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds uh, it sounds like something I'd do. That is like you got a quite quite a laid back attitude where you kind of go, oh, yeah, let, let's just let's just give it a go, right? When did you first get your set of sponsors? Um, probably when I was pretty young, like thirteen. I think okay. thirteen. Yeah, and uh, yeah, geez, I'd only been surfing for a couple of years at the time. It probably it felt like I'd been surfing forever, and I was like, why aren't I sponsored yet? You know, just some. <laughs> stupid little kid because i you know how it is like when you're a kid and, and time moves a lot slower but then the older you get like a year goes like that and so i think that's probably why i thought that way but um yeah i think 13 I, I got sponsored and then i started getting in um the magazines here and people were taking my photo um and uh and then yeah and just started progressing from there um but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like at the time, everyone who could kind of do a bit of a top turn in New Zealand was sponsored. You didn't have to be that flash because the standard of surfing was so low. Oh, really? I would have thought, so, especially like in a place like Raglan, or you've got to have some other really cool breaks around, around sort of like the North Island anyway, where you're from. Um, you know, you, you would have thought having those sort of breaks that you would have had a pretty good standard there, to be honest uh i think yeah maybe at the very top it was pretty good but then when you when you go from there and you work your way down it gets it gets pretty bad pretty quick but um just in terms of like sponsorship sort of sponsorship deals and all, all that sort of thing because there was no internet so the only time you really got to see people uh international surfers was in a surf movie that they might come out um a couple of times a year or whatever but now it's kind of like with the whole marketing thing and surf sponsorships like brands don't have to invest so much into like local guys whereas like back in the you know the 90s and the early 2000s when they didn't have the internet um you know so many guys who didn't surf that good were getting sponsored because that was a way to get the brand brand out there and that's what i mean by that like how everyone was sponsored yeah did you do much traveling so you know um you're obviously from raglan which is you know a pretty sick place to to grow up but did you ever kind of get to a point where, do you know what, I want to go and explore a few other places, you know, especially in the in, in the North Island? Um, you know, did you did you go traveling around there much or did you just stick where you were? Uh, yeah, I kind of just stick with Raglan most of the time because I'm a goofy footer and I hate going right. And, you know, there's like six left-hand point breaks in Raglan, so I'm pretty content surfing those. But, um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I have traveled around all around New Zealand um best place is probably down the south island down right down the bottom okay. um in the catlins have you heard of that yeah 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 no that place is amazing just the beaches are uh oh, it's just it's something else it's like a completely different country if you go down there compared to like the north island but it's yep. um it's it's freezing and there's large animals in the water as well <laughs> what like sea monsters 
Oh, basically. Yeah, I don't know. I got bumped by something one day and I went straight in. But um, no, there's big sea lions, seals, uh, yellow-eyed penguins, grey white sharks, dolphins, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I've got some family that live in the um, live in the South Island. Uh, half of them live in Christchurch, and my uncle um, is a chef, and he works up in Nelson. Um, a few few years back, I uh, well, a few years back, I'm talking like twenty twenty five years maybe. I went, I went traveling down there, and uh, I, I hooked up with a, a couple of guys, and we went surfing. I can't remember where it was now. It was by Christchurch, and uh, there was Concord. no one. On, uh, it might have been. Yeah, it, that, that's probably the the main one of the main surf spots down south. Yeah, I mean, we we got there and there was there was nobody there, and it was really eerie because the beach was just like empty. Um, it was kind of like going to a uh, to a French beach break where the beaches are really 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 long, and you expect to see a lot of people there, but there wasn't. Anyway, we we surfed for a couple of hours and we got out and we went back to his house and there'd been a shark attack on that beach that day, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> That was the first time I ever really had the experience of that. And uh, yeah, I was kind of like, I was taken back by it a little bit, a little bit dubious to go back in, I think. Yeah. Well, no, that sounds like the South Island for sure. Yeah. A place of monsters. It's definitely, uh, you know, you can tell why the Lord of the Rings was filmed in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. it's uh, Yeah. The North Island's not really like that, though. But yeah, as soon as you go south, it's just everything's bigger everything's bigger and it's yeah it's a pretty impressive place what was the uh what was the first surf trip you ever went on do you remember no i have no idea. oh the first uh i remember the first international one i went 1998 to bali for the world grom champs okay and uh that was that was debaucherous really um a bunch of like young kids in a place like bali with uh, minimal parenting and um, the legal drinking age was there wasn't one so yeah that was that was my first surf trip trip experience and um, it was it was an eye-opener to real life or, or at least party life but um, I think that was my first surf trip yeah I went there in the early 2000s as well you know uh, I think it was just after there do you remember when they had the um Oh, what's it called? The the club got a, a grenade thrown into it. it yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. The time of those um, bombings, it was literally about six months after that, I think. Yeah, I, I think I was there just before that happened, like okay. uh, maybe a month before that happened. And I, I, I kept thinking, because it was like, that was a year after um, the World Trade Center. And uh, I just kept thinking, shit, like this would be the, the prime spot for something like that to happen. And um, I just had this weird feeling, and and then yeah, a month later, like all that shit went down. I was like, fuck. And I was going out to those bars like every night, being a piece of shit, and and just thinking, shit. If that was a month later, I would have been fucking gone. Yeah, I mean, I, I turned. I, I went out. Uh, I went out to the Middle East just after September 11th, and that was when I came back. Was when I went to Bali for the first time. So it was. A, it was a bit. It was a bit strange because. You know, all the bars and stuff like you're saying were open next to where all this stuff had happened. And I think it was Lagan where they had a few bombs go off on the beach and stuff. And it, it was just really weird. And there was so many people around. You could kind of see um, what, what what the fallout would have been from it. It was like, yeah, it was... I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get why people want to do that to each other, if I'm perfectly honest. It's, it's a strange concept really to me. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. But um, I'd, I'd imagine that the whole vibe of that place would have changed a hell of a lot after that. Because um, that was uh, uh, there was also one at Jimbaran Bay, wasn't it? Like, on, oh, that's on right. Yeah, Jimbaran. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was that was like a couple of months after that, after the main one. Yeah, it was like a sequence of events that kind of yeah. happened. That was just like, come on, just leave it alone. Oh yeah, that was horrible. I just I heard a lot of stories about that from from people that were there, and it just oh man, it's just disgusting, eh? But the thing is, though, it didn't put people off. Though I mean, I think that's the good thing about uh, about humanity. Sometimes is that you know you could just sit back and go, I'm I'm not going to go there. Too dangerous. And you're like, do you know, fuck it, let's just go anyway. Because at the end of the day, it's a, that place thrives on tourism, doesn't it? From like 
from the Aussies. I, I guess a few New Zealanders go there to go surfing. I mean, it's the pinnacle of, well, in my eye anyway, is kind of the pinnacle of surfing at some point. It's the travel place, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's huge for New Zealanders. Like, there's a shit ton of Kiwis go there every, every year. Okay. And I mean, I, I still went back the year after, and I mean, I I didn't go out as much. I just tried to stay away from that and keep it pretty low key. Um, but it it obviously changed a lot. Like, everyone was a lot more on edge. But um, you know, there was still plenty of people there. Everyone was having a good time. So. It, um, I mean, it didn't really, it didn't really affect the tourism as much as I, I guess the, the terrorists who who did it had expected. What was your favourite spot in uh, in Bali to go to? Do you remember? Um, in Bali, I I don't don't really have a favourite spot in Bali. No? I mean, I'd say Penang Penang is the best wave there, and I've surfed that maybe a handful of times when it's been really good. And that's that's by far that's a pretty epic wave. But most of the time, I'd go to Sambawa and surf Lakey Peak. Okay. Because uh, yeah, and that wave's that wave's amazing. It's so consistent, and there's so much variety. Um, and when I say variety, I mean there's just a few different left-handers, and there's one right. So, but that that place is pretty awesome. Yeah, you like me because I'm goofy foot as well, and I you know I love going to the left. <laughs> oh, you know then, you know. Yeah, well that that reef break that you were talking about earlier over here, that's a left, and I'm like that. It's it's one of the one of the go to places that I have. In fact, it might be working in a few days time, hopefully. Oh, okay. Oh, so you know the one? You know the one? Eh? You just like hush hush. Yeah, I know the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know the one. Yeah, of course, you know the one. It's <laughs> the bloody, it's the Pommy Raglan. Everyone must, you know, from over there must know the Pommy Raglan. Yeah, well, I wouldn't necessarily call it that, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's got it does it has its moments. It has its moments. Can I talk to you about the Bachelor? Oh, uh, no, nah, I didn't do that. Was it uh, was it the Bachelor? It was the uh, or was it Married at First Sight? Oh yeah, no, nah, I don't talk about that because that was one of the dumbest things I did. It's kind of like if someone like threw up on their own feet when they were drunk one night and someone videoed it and then they'd be like hey do you want to... remember that video that i took of you like when you threw up on your shoes yeah so no i, I don't really talk about that just because it kind of sucked well the only reason why i bring that because i i didn't know um that that you did that oh yeah i was i was doing a little bit of research last night and my missus a few weeks ago was worried was watching the aussie ones uh she'd gone through like all the um through like all the series and i was like that that's that's not luke on there is it <laughs> and i saw it and you know it reminded me of you know uh, matthew mcconaughey in the in the surfer do you remember that film he, he did Basically, this. I know, I know he did that film, but no, I can't. Remember. Yeah, he did. He did this film where, like, he was obviously he was a surfer, and he, he jumped into like this um, this house that was recorded and stuff, a little bit like Big Brother. It kind of reminded me of that a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the Raglan Surf Report. Uh, when did you When did you start that up? Um, I'm pretty sure it was December the twenty seventh, two thousand fifteen. I think it was about then, yeah. Yeah. What what yeah. made you start doing that? Uh, well, at the time I was working uh, on a TV show. I was a presenter on a TV show. Me and a buddy of mine. Um, it was like an action sports show, and it was kind of about what was yeah. We did like we, we'd go and we'd try out all these different um, extreme sports or action sports or whatever you want to call them. Is that easy and, as hard? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one, and. Um, and I just kind of wanted to practice my presenting skills. So I just went and jumped in front of a camera and and then just said, uh, talked a bunch of shit. And then that became the Raglan Surf Report pretty much. Oh, nice. Yeah. How, 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 did, it, uh, how did it develop out of that? Because obviously, uh, you know, I've watched a couple of the first ones. They're only a couple of minutes long. And, and now the ones you're doing, they're kind of like, they're a pretty decent production as well aren't they i mean do you do it all yourself or or do you have people behind you helping you out too um no i do it do it all myself uh occasionally i'll get people into you know because it's kind of hard just myself being in front of a camera so other times i'll need people to you know say one line or whatever it is or, or hold the camera in a certain position but um but no i i do everything um by myself that, that's actually what i 
studied before I tried to be become a um, pseudo pro surfer. I studied film for a couple of years, and I'd always been passionate about like making movies and um, you know being an idiot in front of a camera. So it was always like a, a thing that I wanted to do. And then I got to the point where I had the the technology and and the platform with the whole internet internet videos like YouTube and Facebook and all that sort of shit, um, where I could actually start to make some videos and and put myself out there and and then i th also one of the things was that it was also, also always difficult being a someone who wanted to be a pro surfer and having to kind of have an image of a pro surfer so i always felt like if i was going to go out and do something stupid and put myself out there then i wouldn't have been received very well and then, so it took took me getting over that to actually put myself out there and um, do a whole bunch of stupid shit on uh, on camera. Yeah, you seem to be getting quite a lot of good feedback from that too. Um, did you find that you get a lot of feedback from people from it? Yeah, and when I first started doing it, people didn't really know how to take it. So uh, I found that a lot of people thought that the stuff that I was saying was was serious that i was serious and and people would they were not happy with me about some of the shit that i said which made me feel great because i knew that if i had rolled someone up and i'd rub someone up the wrong way that i'd done a good job because i knew that what i was saying was absolute bullshit but this person believed that i was serious i think because your 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 humor is quite sarcastic isn't it and, uh, and, and the way that you come across, uh, that's the why I, I started this and I called it the grumpy surfer is because I don't have any facial expressions generally. And, uh, and, and when I'm talking, people are like, are you, uh, did, does he mean that or not? And I guess that's probably why people think that when they, when you were doing those videos. Yeah. Well, well that's the thing. Cause I'm, I'm pretty dry and yeah, I'm, uh, well, I'm not emotion. Yeah. I'm emotionless a little bit. And so, yeah, when I say stuff, I, I, I'm good at saying things and making them believable. Um, and, and I have problems still with people when I talk to them and I'll say something that might be sort of ridiculous and they'll be like, I, I can't tell if you're taking the piss right now. So I, I do struggle with that because I, I also struggle with not taking the piss out of things because everything everything in life is pretty much you can find the ridiculousness in it so it's hard to not take the piss out of pretty much everything yeah i think uh people do take life a little bit too seriously sometimes don't they and uh you know doing what you're doing especially on instagram because it's you know because it's so short um you know you can you can click down it you and john wayne freeman if i can compare the two of you to two opposite end of the spectrums um you know, the, the, this, I think it, you've kind of reinvented something called surf humor, where, you know, you, you're putting a little bit of comedy in something that people take very seriously. And I think surfing is, is something that needs to be fun. And I think a lot of people have lost that a little bit. And I think what you're putting back out there is, you know, just reinventing that for people a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and that's part of the reason why I started doing this as well because surfing is supposed to be fun and we we shouldn't take it too seriously. But I just saw so many people just you know straight face getting you know getting angry out in the surf and it just it wasn't you know it was kind of it wasn't that fun anymore. And um, I mean even sometimes when I go out in the surf, I, I get pretty serious because you know that that's that's a different side of it. But just um. I don't know. Yeah, because I, I talked to John about that too, and he he kind of felt the same way that you know people shouldn't be taking it too seriously because you know all we're doing is just going out there and prancing around in the water with a bunch of people, and you know it's you can't take it too seriously, and that that's kind of why I started doing what I do. Yeah, do you get a bit of shit from going when you go in the water sometimes about it? Do you or nah, nah, it's. Yeah, it's pretty much always received pretty well. Like people are into it, which is good. But then also, like I said, like I, I kind of want like a little bit of backlash as well. It's just, it just makes it far more exciting. Like when I first started doing it, I really enjoyed those little those little internet arguments and shit with people. But I haven't really been getting them um, so much anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, like you say, going into the water, sometimes people are just sort of like, I mean, I've been in a, I've been in a few times over the last few years and I've got shouted at for some reason or I don't know, I, I, I don't know why. And I'm like, 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 really? I think the worst one was I was in a, I was at a beach break and there was loads of people in. I mean, I think it was the um, sort of like the end of the summer. So everyone was still on holiday and all that sort of thing. And uh, it was a long border and uh, it's probably about 18, 19. And he'd, he'd caught, he'd caught this wave like quite far out, but it was like really, really long. So he was just pumping along and he was going super fast and probably about 30 meters down, this lad was on a shortboard and he paddled into the same wave, but he was like super far down. And then this lad come flying along and then he just started shouting at him and kicked his longboard out and nearly, nearly hit the guy in the head. His leash pulled it back at the last minute. I was like, dude, what, like, what are you doing? And then this kid just started screaming at this bloke. And there was about like 50 people in the same sort of area. And I was like, like, really? What's that about? Yeah, that sort of shit's just embarrassing. Um, it's, it's actually pretty good. Like in Raglan, there's not a lot of that. Like I've never seen, I've never seen a fight out in the surf. I mean, occasionally there's people who will step out of line, but then, you know, most of the time they'll be politely told, what they're doing wrong and how they can rectify their behavior but um yeah when when people are doing that sort of shit it's 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 just gross like there's no need for it no absolutely not and you know that's when you kind of like well is surfing really fun how, how is that person you know is it fun for him because he's obviously got out after that screaming at someone he's like what what have you got out of that to be honest with you especially in the summer days when it's you know when it's a couple of feet you, you you kind of everyone's gonna be going for the same sort of wave aren't they you're gonna have beginners in there a lot of mixed ability in there i mean i'm talking about beach beach breaks here not reef breaks so much and there's no need to hassle people for it you just need to get on with it yeah and and a guy like that he's just kind of shooting himself in the foot really um i yeah i know because i've done that before i get i get a bit pissed off and i'm just like geez what am i doing you know just need to center myself a little bit do a couple of arms and take a few deep breaths and <laughs> you know and just you know just just get back to neutral rubbing um, your earlobes a little bit oh yeah a little bit of that yeah a little bit of rubbing my earlobes or, or just i just go in because sometimes you know you get to the point where you're just like look i'm not i'm not going to snap out of this mood that i'm in and um i just i shouldn't be out here so i gotta go in what um what sort of board do you ride at the moment? Are you uh, are you just on like your stereotypical thruster, or do you play with stuff at at, at all? Uh, I oh man, I always struggle with boards, eh? Mainly because I'm I'm an odd shape. Uh, well, I'm not really odd shape. I'm just not your stereotypical size of a surfer. I'm like six six two and one hundred and six kgs, but not not like a slow one hundred and six kgs um like yeah uh, i don't know it's hard to explain like my boards are six i'm running a six two by 19 and a half by something it's like 32 liters so it's not really really buoyant um yeah i don't know i just i just basically surf just normal standard short boards and occasionally will jump on something a bit shorter and fatter and um but yeah mainly i just kind of struggle trying to figure out how big a board i should ride and yeah i've kind of been doing that for the last 15 years do you um do you have a shaper over there in new zealand that you go to um no i've been getting boards from uh what is it a factory from where is it an indo uh a mate of mine he he's doing a surfboard brand he's got a factory over there and he's got a whole bunch of shapers on board he's got like uh rod dalberg um and who was that luke dorrington and a, a few other aussie shapers and so he's he's um he's producing those boards and so i've been i've been on a few delbergs and they've been going pretty well there's a there's a good surfing industry over in bali as well isn't there you know i mean you can get those little little um the 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 cheaper models from the high street and but there's some really good shapers out there too aren't there yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot of guys are kind of um, manufacturing them there, probably just to you know cut costs and that. But um, I, I've really noticed like some of these boards I've been riding are just really they're built well. Um, 
which you know i'm always a little bit you know skeptical about boards that are shaped overseas but i don't know these ones have been going really well and i, I haven't put my foot through any of them which is awesome <laughs> yeah you would you'd have felt that those would have thought those boards would go quite well considering the types of waves that actually come through there as well um I, I, I never really thought about board shapes and this is going to sound really beginnerish. This is, I never really thought about board shapes and boards being designed for different, different types of wave. You know, when you talk about your stereotypical thruster, I just thought it was like generic. So you could like, I could take my thruster from here and go to pipe and surf that or something like that. But yeah, it probably wouldn't go well from a, from a, a board being shaped in the UK to surfing some, some like, even Raglan, to be honest with you. Yeah, but ideally that's what you want. You just want one board that kind of goes pretty good in everything because otherwise you're just pissing around trying to figure out what goes good in different ways. And that's that's what I'm always after. I want something that can go good in one foot and something that can go good in like six foot because, um, I mean, I'm not going to surf anything bigger than six foot because I'm a pussy. So that's one to six foot board for, for all of it. Just get on a long board. You know you love it. No, there's there's no way. I I think I'll probably no. Actually, I was going to say I'll probably quit before surfing. <laughs> I don't. Nah, I I think it's uh, yeah. I'll get to the point where I'm too fat or I'm too old, and then I think boards just creep up in length and then volume and width, or maybe just not even length. Maybe just maybe just volume and width. End up with something that's like four feet wide and a foot thick or something like that, but still like five ten. Yeah, those proper old school, almost like knee boards, like the old old school, like morning of the earth sort of thing. Basically a knee board, just something that has the flotation, but without the length. So you don't actually, you're not put into that longboard category. Yeah. Have you ever surfed a longboard? Is that a question to ask? Oh yeah, you can ask that. Um, I'm not, I'm not too offended if you ask me if I've surfed a longboard and I'll be <laughs> honest with you, I have surfed a longboard before. Um, the year was 1999 and I had just torn all my ACLs and uh, I'd been hit by a car and I thought, geez, I want to get back in the surf. How can I do this? And I gave longboarding a go. I, I just thought you'd have been on a lilo before you go on a longboard. <laughs> nah, nah. I, I, I don't mind it. I just get frustrated. I, I don't see the point in riding something that hinders your surfing because when I want to, when I want to surf, I want to be able to do what I can do i don't want to have limitations um you know and and one of those main limitations is the board that you're riding and obviously a longboard has a shit ton of limitations so i think for me i just get fucking frustrated on those things so um yeah maybe one day when if i hit 150 kgs or something and i, I just i just give up on everything and i become even more lazy than i am now i i could potentially give longboarding a go or when you're 90. Or when I'm 90, if I make it that far, which I doubt it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think they'll have, I think they'll, they'll come up with some other kind of board that's, yeah, maybe, you know, those, um, those, uh, what, those hydrofoils maybe with the, the motor on the back, something cool like that, you know. Have you tried any of those? Uh, have you tried foiling yet? Or is that something you kind of go, <laughs> no, I've thought about it. And then I thought, no. Yeah, I thought no. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I've got I got it a looks... few mate. I I got I got a few friends that that do it, and um, they go out on like one foot days with it, and I'm like, really? But I just look at it and I go that like the, the videos you've been putting out. That is just like one massive head chopper off a device right there, isn't it? Oh, they are weapons. They are absolute weapons. I actually. Before, no, sorry, I'd, I'd been making those videos, you know, taking the piss out of hydrofoils, and it was actually a little bit irresponsible of me to do that because I didn't know a lot about hydrofoiling or hydrofoils themselves. And then a couple of weeks ago, I, I saw a friend and he had one. And I thought, well, maybe I should have a look at one of these things, you know, because I, I hadn't really had a good look and I, I was actually quite uneducated on hydrofoiling and, and the equipment that they use. So I, I had a good look at it and and, um, and just all my thoughts were absolutely confirmed because those things are fucking lethal. 
I couldn't believe it. The, the back of the fin, like I just rubbed my finger on it and almost cut me. It was so sharp. If you got that anywhere near any of your body parts w- with any form of momentum from that thing. And I'm surprised that there's been no like actual limbs being chopped off or anything like that because those things are deadly. I was, I was uh, clicking through YouTube the other day and, um, and I saw a bunch of Aussies. Um, they took a, uh, took a jet ski with the foils out to a, a, an outer reef. And uh, when the guy was talking about it on the beach, he was like that. Yeah, I've got this guy here and because the foil hit me there and I've got this one there. And I was like, that. why would you surf something that's going to cut you up like a knife? It's I, I can kind of see... If you're going to do something like the Hawaiians do, where they, you know, they surf the swell between islands where there's nobody about, I, I get that. But then when you're surfing, like really, some of the waves that they're surfing are pretty critical. And if you fall off that thing and it spins over, it's going to take a chunk out of you. And it's just like, <laughs> why would you do that? Oh, it's terrifying. But I guess you look at it like that. Like you surf a one foot wave, and a one foot wave is not very scary. And you're not really getting a lot of uh, adrenaline um, flowing as surfing a one-foot wave. But if you surf a one-foot wave on a lethal weapon, then that kind of that puts a little bit more. Um, I guess it's a lot more exciting if you're doing that. It puts more excitement into surfing just a, a piddly little one-foot wave. But if you think about it, the whole purpose of why the, I mean, Led Hamilton, I think, came up with the idea. Maybe I might be wrong, but the whole idea of it was to. Um, get towed into bigger waves and when the when the waves got bigger it was generally windy and you had loads of chop on the surface and the whole idea was to lift the board out of the water so you could ride those waves but not get bounced off the wave as well but it's just been adapted for different purposes now hasn't it yeah well i think when he well i don't know if it was him or buzzy kerbox or one of those hawaiian guys i think it was someone from maui maybe where they get all that wind Hmm. um but their whole thing was surfing a swell, like an open open ocean swell, and trying to deal with all that chop. But now, yeah, you're right. It's kind of changed where guys are, are surfing one-foot waves and and just, you know, it's kind of the other end of the spectrum, really. They're just surfing these pathetic little one-foot waves. Um, so uh, I don't know. I, I feel like if you're going to do it, do it properly. And, and go out into the middle of the ocean with a jet ski away from people and then give it a shot out there. Yeah, no, and they're not cheap either, are they? You know, they're, no, they're, they're like three grand. Yeah, I, I, I think the foil on its own is, is, you know, well, for us is like, what, 1,500 quid, which is probably about, what, $2,000. Um, and then you've got the board on top. And literally the boards are only, what, you know, three or four foot long maybe i think the one that some of the ones i've seen are about four foot long but they're like super super thick so and they're super expensive as well because you know you, they're like carbon to make them light as well and like that's another grand on top of that i'm like fuck like are these people millionaires to buy this kit no well they're not carbon to make them light they're carbon to make them look cool and be expensive that's what the carbon's for uh, but then they have to buy yeah. the wetsuit as well then yeah, do they, I don't know if they have different wetsuits or not. Carbon wetsuits with, with gold seeming seamstressnessness in it. Oh, mate, they just find whatever they can to spend money on. Um, most of the guys, like, you know, drive around in nice Ford Ranger trucks and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a rich man's sport. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'd ever do it. I did, th- I had, I had, I thought about it about, about a couple of months ago, he's like, do you know what? I'll give foil in the game. But then I got run over by a bike and then I decided I wasn't going to do it anymore. So yeah, I was, I definitely wouldn't do that. So the being run over by a bike was the catalyst to stop you. From yeah, it was. I needed to get hit by something hard, but I wasn't going to go as far as you did with a car. And I thought a bike would be more appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Easier. What, um, what other sports do you do outside of surfing? You were talking about basketball earlier. Um, you've been p- playing that for long or you've been doing it since you were a kid? Uh, yeah, I've been playing basketball since I was a kid. That's pretty much the only other sport I'm into. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, which is, I don't know, rugby's really big here. What, what's rugby like over there? Is it is it popular? Obviously, you've got football would be the main one, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, football's the football's the main one. Um, rugby's got quite big now because it, you know when he went professional, like in the early two thousands, we we've got our own. Um, I guess like Australia and New Zealand do, they've they've got their own like Premiership league and stuff. So it, it's quite big. It's it's getting bigger as well. Um, rugby league's quite big as well. Um, not as big as Union, but um, it has quite a big following. It's quite it's quite weird actually because. We've got a um, we've got a motorway called the M62, which is between um, I would say Manchester and Liverpool. It goes east to west, basically through sort of like the northern part of England, and that's really where um, rugby leagues played. Um, you don't don't really play it. You don't really see it being played anywhere else. But it, you know that's quite popular too. Um, there's not not really other many mainstream sports. Saying that though. People would say that surfing is more of a pastime here um, than it is a sport. I mean, I guess just because you, you can't really hold, con well, you can hold competitions in one to two foot rubbish waves, but you know, you don't, you wouldn't necessarily get the consistency you would like with the Pacific or something like that. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, has there, have there been many? professional surfers out there there was russell was it russell winter and the yeah. uh when was that in, like in the 90s yeah russell winter was like the, yeah, yeah. The, the late 90s yeah um the, the, there's a few of the guys uh around here ben skinner you know ben skinner uh yeah oh he's longboarder eh? longboarder yeah his son's really really good oh, um, yeah. he's he's kind of the British version of, uh, you know, Shane Dorian's son, who's been doing loads of airs in the wave pool and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, his son's um, like that as well. He's really good. You know, he's he's an aerial wizard as well. Oh, they they, they bloody, they pick it up pretty young now, the kids with their, their ears and stuff like that. It's um, it's the dexterity, I guess, and the, the, young, lig uh, the young ligaments. Yeah, I think... Yeah. Uh, Especially because surfing's become a lot more mainstream now, and people have got more, you know, more access to like, like videos and 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 um, and things that you know that you pump out. They've got more things to kind of uh, like simulate, you know. Animals. Like, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, I, want, I want to do what he's doing. So then they learn how to do it, and then they, before you know it, a couple of weeks later, they're doing somersaults on a beach break, and it's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I remember when I was a kid, because we didn't have, uh, well, the the talent level of surfing in New Zealand wasn't that high. Like, we definitely had a handful of really good surfers, but to kind of progress and, and get in, inspired and try and analyze surfers, we just kind of have to wait for the, the latest Taylor Steele movie to come out, pretty much, and just kind of analyze what those guys are doing. And that's really the only way you'd um, kind of push your surfing. But now, with with I guess the globalization of surfing because of the internet, kids can just watch videos of uh, you know all the best guys. Like there's a new video coming out every day, so you can just watch that and kind of get your inspiration from that. I think surf technique has come a long way as well because uh, I remember when I was growing up, there was nothing out there about surf technique, and then it's only been the last sort of like five to ten years where people have been pumping out these these videos, and you're kind of like, oh, so that's what you have to do, you know, and and, and and being told that you need to get lower on your bottom turn and compress into your back foot and you know look where you're going and I was like that it was kind of like an epiphany for me and I was like wow that's amazing um whereas before there, there was nothing really like I think there was like a few really like shit surf dvds that people pumped out but then you kind of watch the first 10 minutes and you're like I'm not going to sit through this for two hours yeah, I think that's come a long way in the last ten years. Um, surf, I guess, surf coaches and and just the the technique and the the an analyzation. I think that's a word of <laughs> yeah of of surfing. Um, but yeah, because I I remember when I was a kid, it was just you pretty much watch good surfers and then just go out and copy them. Do you have you ever used any surf skates? Have you ever used one yet? A what? A surf skate, surf skateboard. Well, is that a different kind of skateboard? Is it not like a normal skateboard? Have you never used one before? That, mate, they're, no. they're, they're pretty cool. I mean, what? You must be the same age as I am. And, and uh... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Is that the one with the weird uh, trucks? Like it's got the wobbly... Yeah, so the front is the truck one? is like on a, on a pivot. 
and when you're on the skateboard you use your compression and extension to to power the board along um uh, yes it's, it's, i have had a go I yeah they're, had a go on one of those. they're quite, they're quite uh, popular over here oh okay yeah no i got really confused and fell off straight away and just never did it again <laughs> but, um, i can I can see the appeal. I can see the appeal because uh, I couldn't get the the whole pumping motion going. Okay. You know, yeah. So, um, you know, my motto is if you're not good at something straight away, then just give up immediately. So I haven't had another go. That's a good rule to life, there. Yeah, it helps. It just it's a good way of of weeding everything out. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so here's a question for you: What's your opinion on those really long skateboards that people use a pole like an SUP to use? Have you seen those? Oh yeah, that's just a hard no. That's always got to be. A no. I don't. I don't know how how someone could have any kind of self respect or dignity and and hold one of those fake paddles and try and push themselves along on a skateboard. It's just it's ridiculous. I think it's one of the most dumb things I've ever seen. But it's like yeah. one of the, it's a fad, isn't it? Yeah, I did a video actually um a couple of years ago on that. Uh, I I did that before I even knew that was a thing. And so it was, it was basically, I was taking, uh, you wouldn't believe it, I was taking the piss out of stand-up paddle boarding. <laughs> and um, and, and I, I, um, I, what was it? I said that uh, skateboarding um, was a product, a byproduct of surfing, and then surfing has now, and then skateboarding has now influenced surfing, and then something about how, um, but no one's ever skated with a broom. And then I was just like skateboarding with a broom, and um, and and yeah, stand up paddleboarders they didn't like that at all. That that was a that was a good that was a really good one actually because I got a lot of hatred and a lot of flack for that. I think you should do a few more videos on SUP because uh, you know that's a hidden that's a hidden cesspool of hate right there, isn't it? Yeah, but it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel. It's just too easy. Like the setups are just, it's just, there's no challenge in it, you know? What's your take on the uh, um, the new kite surfing craze? Um, I think they're called wings. You know, the guys, so it's a double whammy because you're like this. So they've got a hydrofoil and they've got like a big kite that's like a bat wing. Have you seen those? I have seen that. Um, it, it actually, it, that looked pretty cool. Yeah, it 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 does. But uh, I I saw somebody on it down where I live um, in Exmouth, and um, they didn't they weren't going too well on it. I was like, this looks a bit yeah, it's a bit shit to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it looks it looks very different, and um, I mean, like I said before, I, I don't think I'd ever do it because I'm sure I would try it once, be shit at it. And I'm not going to have, I'm not, I don't want to go through that horrible time where you suck at something, you know, it's just, you know, life's too short. Have you tried kite surfing or anything like that? I have. I tried it once and I couldn't do it. So I gave up easy, you know? Yeah, it's done. I I, I, am. Don't have to worry about it. I actually did something really dumb with that. So I am, I bust my uh, right ACL playing rugby and um, got my knee folded back the wrong way. But then while I was in my rehab time, I bought a load of white kite surfing kit. I had a, a bit of money put to the side and I thought, yeah, let's just spunk it on that. So I bought a kite and a board. And then before I'd even finished my rehab, I thought it'd be a really good idea to go down to the local park with a 12 meter kite. <laughs> 12 meter kite. I set none, it all none of, up. None of, this, none of this is sounding good. Oh, you're, you're like this. So um, uh, bearing in mind, I, did, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I didn't know anything about power bars or anything like that. I just like, fuck it, I just, I just wing it. So I set it all up. I put the harness on and I got the kite up into the air. And I thought, oh, this is like, you know, this is pretty good. Obviously, I didn't have anything on my, you know, I didn't have a, one of those skateboards or anything like that to go on with it. So a, a gust of wind came out and I pulled the kite down. So it came down to the side and I pulled the bar down. Fuck me, man. It lifted me about 20 feet off the ground. And I landed on my knees, bearing in mind, like, you, you know, I just had ACL reconstruction. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm selling this. That's, that was I, a good buy. How did you even think that was a good idea? I, I, I don't like, know. After having, like, a, you know, a, was it knee reconstruction or was yeah, it just yeah. a... Yeah, yeah. And then doing something which was obviously going to lead to damaging your knee straight straight off the bat. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I was just bored and I wanted something to do. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm sure there were safer things that you could have done. But, you know, at least you gave it a go. And you, have, you, have you quite surfed since? No. Um, there you I, go. You got it out of the way, though. You got it out of the way. You tried it once. You thought, shit, this ain't for me. And then you gave it up. Yeah, but I did, the, I did that typical thing that we were just talking about where I just spent a bunch of money on something that I sold for less than what I bought it for, which was probably not the best idea. So that was a, that was a lesson learned. It was. It was a very good life lesson that I haven't learned and I still do stuff like that. And my missus hates it. <laughs> so, so the lesson that you should have learned from this was don't buy it new, buy it off someone who's tried it and sucked at it. Yeah. If you're going to buy something. That's true. And don't learn the lessons that they've learned. Yeah. Right, mate, we're going to uh, start to wrap this up. So I've got a little bit of a, uh, a quick fire round for you, which I think... Oh, shit, quick fire. Look at, well, let's call it quick fire. The last couple of times I've done this, it's been like a half an hour quick fire round. So, um, but I think I know the answers to half of these already. So, uh, <laughs> so if you could surf one fin set up for the rest of your life, would it be single fin, quad, twin fin, or thruster? Thruster. Your favorite surfer and why? Uh, me, because you got to back yourself at all times. And, and yet, to be honest with you, I've watched a couple of your videos and you did rip. So yeah, I'd say yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm actually extremely self-conscious, but I'm just trying to, you know, um, you know, uh, make it seem like I'm, you know, I'm confident and and that I surf really good. But yeah, I'd say back back yourself. Always back yourself. I'm going to give you a chuck up and I'll say you're a good surfer too. And you're my favorite surfer, Luke. Thank you for blowing smoke up my ass, but I appreciate it. Thank you. That, that, that's fine. I, I'll do it anytime. Um, the last surfing film you watched Uh, I watched the Andy Irons documentary last night nice it's a good documentary isn't it oh it's a brilliant documentary yeah I didn't cry this time though so that was a win yeah I I went to the cinema to watch that when it came out in the UK and uh, yeah I had a little frog in my throat for a bit after that yeah it pulls on the heartstrings it sure does first surf film you ever watched uh i have no idea i'm pretty sure it was some old film from the 70s when i was like 11 years old and there were about three old surf movies in the video store i had no idea what they were but i was like hey mum, can we get that one it's got a surfer on the cover of it and i watched that it was terrible but um if i watch it now it's probably cool it probably had like jerry lopez and a bunch of old legends on it but i had no idea at the time Oh, okay. And last question is your dream surf trip. Oh, dream surf trip. Oh, I have no idea. Um, the wave would probably be Skeleton Bay. I like, well, Skeleton Bay, but not nah, probably not Skeleton Bay because it looks a bit boring there. You know, there's no like bars on the beach or anything. I want to go somewhere where the waves are amazing, but then there's like a cool little bar with just some mellow nightlife. So that after I get barreled all day, then I come in and just have a couple of beers and sort of have like a, you know, a little like fiesta or, or whatever it is. So um, wherever that is, that's that's my dream surf trip. Sounds like Raglan to me. Oh, Raglan's not like that at all. A barrel's like once a year and there are no bars. There, The bars are scummy. The bars are disgusting. Or there's one bar, so and it's gross. Would you ever do a trip there? Um, we'd, we'd go like around Russia or somewhere like that. You know, go up um, up like the north coast or the east coast of Russia. Russia have you ever... do they, have, do they have surf there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a no. It sounds cold. <laughs> it's what I, do you know what? Right, I think that's one of the hidden places that people need to go and explore. Um, I don't know whether Russia has surfers or not. I mean, you don't see anything coming out of there, do you, really? No, no. I haven't even seen waves out of Russia. It just sounds like a really cold place. So, there, was a, yeah. there was a surf movie that came out uh, a few years ago where, you know, those big, like, um, big army trucks, um, they put, like, um, like, a cab on the back and they just drove cross-country, basically, um, I think it was where Alaska meets Russia, you know, where the, where the, the ice fields kind of meet. And that's the only time that America ever meets Russia. Look, I honestly, I don't even know the places were joined. So you've lost me. <laughs> but, okay. Um, fair one. 
Thank you for the geography lesson, but yeah. Yeah, I had, I had the map in my head, and I don't know whether you did when I was putting it out there and painting that picture. I just, all I can just, I'm in just envisioning just cold. That's all I can think when you said Russia, or I've just thought about coldness this whole time. And yeah. then snow, and yeah, and now an army truck driving through the snow. <laughs> Luke Siederman, thank you for talking to me on the podcast. Well, thank, thank you for having me. And um, I might try and whip you into my podcast at some point whenever I do another one. Mate, that would be absolutely beautiful. Uh, thanks for your time, mate. No worries. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. And that's it. If you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share and subscribe on your podcast provider and also follow The Grumpy Surfer on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.